Hey. I haven't seen you in a while. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing? I'm doing good. I, uh, you know, because we're recording this special introductory episode of the 43 feet podcast. Shirt with a collar. I'm telling you. No F, no three anywhere on my person. I, f- I feel a little underdressed. I feel like I ought to put something on here or something. You, you look nice. Uh, look good. A little quarter zip over there. I mean, like you, you uh, headed like a birthday party or something. I have to take my daughter to the uh, orthodontist and I'm not even going to leave the car. So I'm not really sure why I've got a shirt with a collar on other than you. Oh, well, then I'm going to say honored. <laughs> so here we are, uh, Ralph, my friend. We've uh, recorded a number of these, and then as we kind of went through uh, and started listening, we're like, you know what we really need is an introduction episode, yeah. something that lets the packs know kind of what this is about, sort of set the table, uh, and, and make it work. So uh, with that, I'm going to open this a little bit in the old-fashioned and say, why don't we roll the open? And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Leadership isn't for the faint of heart. It's dirty, dangerous, difficult, and disruptive. It will test everything about who you are. Unfortunately, as a leader, you're out front, which means you usually only get about 43 feet of good road built for those following behind you while you're running the race yourself. Welcome to the 43 Feet Podcast, where each week you'll hear from some of the greatest leaders we can find both in F3 and beyond. If you're going to lead, you'll need to be ready for the difficult challenges for what lies ahead in the unknown, for what's lurking in the next 43 feet. So welcome back to, uh, or welcome to, I guess, the inaugural uh, episode of 43 Feet. Uh, My name is Frank Schwartz, uh, known in the gloom uh, out there as F3 Dark Helmet. Um, I happen to be right now sitting as the president of F3 Nation, um, and uh, I, I... work with Slaughter under, underneath Slaughter, um, who was our recently uh, newly named Nantan of F3 um, and uh, CEO of F3 Inc., if you will, um, to, uh, to bring this thing to everybody and to try and spread the, spread the good word as far and as wide as we can get it. And uh, I am joined by a good friend of mine, Mr. Matt Crossman, who is a writer. Um, and uh, he, you guys out there in Podpacks land probably Remember uh, a couple years ago when um, he wrote an article for Men's Health Magazine, which continues to pay dividends to the nation because uh, guys still see it uh, or still come across it. I don't even know how anymore. I mean, it, certainly it's not in print any longer, uh, but they must find it online or something and still find themselves uh, their way to F3 Nation. So welcome, Ralph. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, so we, we decided we would sort of say, okay, Let's, let's set the table here. Let's, mm-hmm. let's give the packs an idea of what the next evolution of 43 feet looks like. Um, obviously, right out of the gate, we're on Zoom. Ralph's in St. Louis. I'm here in Charlotte. You know, um, So that's one aspect of it that's a little bit different. There's some other things that are a little bit different about it as well. Um, and so we're going to kind of go over those a little bit and s- just sort of give you the setup of what 43 feet is going to look like going forward. And, uh, and then from here on out, week after week, we will be dropping – knowledge uh and or antics uh on you from week to week most likely antics yeah so so far i would say uh maybe 50 50 but yeah heavy on the antics heavy on the (laughs) as we've discovered we have more in common than i think either one of us 
new. I don't. And so yeah, we'd be uh, maybe good at a podcast, bad at a shield lock. Oh, yeah. We might find ourselves just, well, because we would just trail off into nowhere and nothing would ever get done the right way, right? Because that's where we'd be. So uh, guys who have listened to 43 Feet in the past um, are familiar with the idea that we went through the Q source, you know, it was a little more methodical. We kind of, you know, plotted along point by point and Dredd and I would discuss those things um, as Dredd handed off the, the Nantan mantle. He also decided to kind of hand off um, the 43 feet. He said, you know, I, I feel like my work for 43 is sort of done at this point. It's kind of, uh, it's, you know, it's run its course, it's done its thing. And so this is, um, you know, this is, this is where we are. So I said, uh, well, what do you want 43 feet to be from here? And he was like, no, no, no. maybe I wasn't clear. Like I'm out. <laughs> I think we should still have 43 feet. And I was like, I agree. He was like, best of luck, you know? <laughs> so, and that's a very kind of typical dread thing to do. And when he does that, it's not that he's abandoning you. It's just that he looks and goes, brother, you know what to do from here. And I trust you. And so just go do it. And, uh, and then hello kitty asked me, he said, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, you know, there's a question that I don't know that anyone's ever asked me before. Candidly. You know, I don't know if anyone's ever said, well, what do you want to do, Helmet? It's always like, hey, we need to get this done. I'm always like, I'm in, man. Let's do this. You know, <laughs> what do you want to do? And so I started thinking about it. I started figuring out like, well, what should this look like? What should this be? Um, and, uh, and sort of the conclusion I came to, I guess, at least initially, was I think it would be interesting to sort of loosely follow QSource topics but really kind of dive in more with uh, the men and say, Hey man, Ralph, your 43 feet looks a lot different than my 43 feet. And everyone's heard about my 40, you know, like what I'm working on or what I'm doing or my opinions and thoughts and things like that. And same with dread, you know, certainly they've heard about his opinions and thoughts and things like that. So maybe we should hear about the opinions and feelings of certain topics from men across the nation. And then there was another desire in there to sort of raise the overall national profile of, of F3. If you don't know, we've uh, hired a, an executive director for the foundation. You know, we've restructured to where, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at a, a very aggressive growth pattern under uh, Slaughter um, and, uh, and, and his leadership. And so, you know, we're kind of figuring out how do we do that? And one of the ways I felt like would be useful for us to do that was to raise the national profile. And so I think we're going to have some packs on and discuss things with them, but we're also going to have leaders from outside of F3 on uh, and talk about things that they want to talk about and that, that their leadership has led them to and how we can see what they've learned in their leadership and how to apply that, you know, maybe even through a little bit of a Q source filter, but how, how we bring that to, you know, some sensibility to the, the leadership that we're trying to provide in F3 uh, and that men are trying to provide in their homes and, and all those kinds of things. And so, as we're diving through here, and I know I'm talking a lot, but as I'm diving through all this and kind of thinking it through, I, I reached out to Ralph about something not related to the podcast. And somehow that conversation sort of looped around and ended up with, you know, what would be cool. And I think I mentioned something about outside guests and you were like, um, hi, writer, uh, National <laughs> Magazine. you're familiar, but that's what I do is find guests and, you know, and yeah. stories to talk about. And that's kind of how we, we managed to pair up. So Ralph, just to, you know, that was a lot of talking on my part and we'll, and I'll dive into a little bit of my F3 story and, and, and as well, but I want to kind of start with the fact that 
you know, outside of the men's health article and some success, success magazine articles and some other things that you've written that sort of, you know, maybe have even just sort of a glancing blow against F3 or whatever. Like, I don't know that the PACs really know you all that well. So tell us about you. Well, I'm, a, I'm actually a very long EH. Uh, I lived in Charlotte when uh, F3 was founded. And I don't recall when I first started seeing the stickers, but anybody who lives, uh, bumper stickers, anybody who lives in Charlotte knows that they're ubiquitous. <clears throat> yeah, you're going to find and, them eventually, right? Yeah, my, my first uh, introduction to F3 uh, was the bumper stickers. Then it was like half the men at my church wearing the shirts. Then Charlotte Magazine asked me to write a story about F3, which I did. And I tell people this all the time, that it was just in a... Uh, like a health supplement, like that you see at the doctor's office. That's all the story was going to go in. Uh, not even the regular magazine. And they weren't going to put it online. And so many F3 guys after that story came out, tweeted about it, Facebooked about it, whatever, that they ended up putting it online anyway, just because there was so much social media traffic about a story that wasn't even online, which quite frankly has never happened to me before. And it'll never happen again. Uh, <coughs> didn't, uh, for a variety of reasons, I won't, I won't bore you with, uh, I did not join F3 at the time. The, the main reason, not the only reason, but the main reason, frankly, was that I could see this is a national, I wrote it for Charlotte Magazine, but it's a national story uh, that I could write for a big boy mm -hmm. magazine. So frankly, the reason I didn't join was, was greed. I wanted to write the story about F3 for a big magazine and make money. No, I'd make no bones about yeah. it. And so it took, the funny thing is, I uh, went to a coffee shop, but I still lived in Charlotte. Uh, to write the pitch. There was an F3 sticker on the car in the parking lot of the coffee shop. And I sat down next to a guy in an F3 shirt. Uh, I think his name was Soup, but I can't remember. Anyway, a couple of years go by. I eventually sell it to uh, Men's Health. By now I'm living in St. Louis. And I'm trying to decide whether to uh, participate in the workout or not. Uh, I sort of felt like I'm not, you know, I'm not in great shape. I'm not, I wasn't like a fat uh, sad clown or anything like that, but I wasn't right. in F3 shape. And it's very hard to be a reporter and report on a workout. And like, you can't report and work out at the same time. It's either one or the other. Uh, so I went to the workout and I uh, got absolutely crushed. I did about 20% of it. Uh, and I had, my plan was to do one workout and write the story and move on with my life. Well, I had so much fun. I said, well, I'll do three workouts. And then after three, I said, well, that was so much. I, I better do six. And then I just kept going. I turned in the uh -huh. story and just never, never left. And strangely enough, my uh, VQ was the day that the magazine got to people's homes. That was just a coincidence. No way. Uh, That's yeah. awesome. And so that was, uh, I guess I, I started in the very end of September of two years ago. So what is this? Two, two, so that was 18, I guess. So, yeah. and I uh, was the site queue. Uh, I live about... 30 minutes or so from St. Louis where all the AOs are. I launched uh, a, a location out here, a site out here and was the site queue there for a little more than a year. I'm not doing that anymore, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's my F3 story. That oh, I got my nickname. My, my nickname oh, is yeah, Ralph. Yeah. It's because they, uh, you know, at the COT at my first beat down, they asked me my life's most embarrassing story. And I didn't mm. have the good and you were not to answer dumb that enough question. To answer them. And uh, so the, the story is in the, literally in the middle of a high school tennis match while the ball was in play, I absolutely puked my guts out. I think I had food poisoning. So the ball's in the air and I barfed. I stood up, I barfed again, <laughs> stood up, barfed again. So, I mean, it was just three, just, I mean, it was unbelie an unbelievable torrent of puke. And 
uh, I stood up and said, all right, guys, I think I'm done. And I basically walked home. I lived like two blocks from the, and seriously, the, the court was uh, for years stained. It was like a big no. black. Yeah. So, so I guess I, I earned that. Uh, and the funny thing is, you know, <laughs> since I have a, like, since my F3 name is like a real name, uh-huh. we were at Coffeeteria maybe four or five, six months into my F3 beatdowns. And they called Ralph and I got up and like started walking like I was getting, well, wait, no, that's not oh, wait, actually that's not, my name. That's I'm not Matt. me. I gotta remember. So, yeah. Although, although it is funny sometimes when you go into those places and I hear the barista has to call out and be like, um, pedal pusher, you know, or, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. ah, okay. Good. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's uh, that's pretty good. Well, that is excellent. So kind of a very, uh, roundabout way, uh, yeah. that you kind of ended up there. Uh, mine was a little, I guess a little more straightforward and, and, uh, than that, but not much, but, um, I just, cause I, you know, live in the Charlotte area, work in the Charlotte area. Um, and, uh, you know, head office uptown and all this kind of stuff. And I just kept hearing about F3 from different guys who were like, yeah. you know, uh, a buddy of mine that I had kind of done some work with, he got thin or thinner anyway. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, well, I've started doing this thing called F3, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is it? He starts explaining it to me. And I was like, oh yeah, there's no way in heck I'm ever doing that. Like that is, <laughs> that is not a thing. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. Um, but I knew that I needed to do something maybe. And then I went to the doctor, got a physical and, uh, <laughs> Ralph, this is, it's funny how the irony works out here, but, uh, so I go and get a physical and she's like, okay, so your blood pressure's high, your cholesterol's high, your, you know, you've got sleep apnea, blah, 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 blah all these problems. Right. right. And uh, she's like, I've been begging you for years to exercise and you won't exercise. And so the next time you come, if things aren't better, and I'm going to say exercise and change your diet, which is what she'd been saying to me for years. She was, I'm going to say it one more time. And if you come next time, then I'm putting you on, you know, whatever these lipid drugs and all this kind of stuff to make you better. And I was like, well, I'm not necessarily, you know, one of these guys that's like, oh, I never take medicine under any circumstances, but I'm not super thrilled with the idea of pumping a bunch of pills in there to solve the problem. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so I was like, I guess I better try and do something. And um, so I, I managed to sort of, limp over to the gym and drag myself in there and, you know, ashamedly walk on the treadmill for a while. And then eventually I started running on the treadmill a little more. And then I started like picking up a weight or two here or there. And I probably lost, I don't know, 10, 10, 15 pounds or something. I was feeling pretty good about life. Um, and, uh, and then I just kept hearing about this F3 thing and a buddy of mine said, Hey man, I'm going to like, I think, I think I'm going to go try it. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. Well, enjoy that. And I don't know if he did or didn't at that point. Um, in fact, no, actually, I know he didn't because I ended up bringing him out later. That's right. Um, but, uh, you know, I kind of said, well, I guess I I could try this F3 right. thing. I'm going to hear all this good stuff about it. Um, and so I showed up on a Saturday and uh, thought I was going to die. Uh, and then it turns out that, you know, I sort of went through the first half of the workout. And in Fort Mill, they handed off halfway through to another guy. Went to the first half and then I... I was like, oh my gosh, that's the worst thing I ever did. And then he was like, oh, now for the second half. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> there's, there, there's a second half? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How, how is there a second half to whatever we just did? Like, that was really hard. Um, but then I'll tell you, the thing that hooked me uh, was the ball of man. Hmm. That was the thing. And I, and I hate that right now in our, our kind of, you know, pandemic uh, state you know we're really not doing those you know we're not getting yeah. that close and, and huddling up and certainly not you know touching each other or whatever because that was the thing that really got me is hmm. just sort of the, the rawness of 
men laying hands on one another and then sharing their hearts. Like that was just a big thing for me. And I was like, holy cow. And I went home and told my wife, I was like, honey, I'm pretty sure because we have men's groups at church, you know, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what we're aspiring to yeah. in these groups, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. And I said, no, I don't know what the thing is to get you know, this to be more like that. But, you know, it was it was a big deal. So that's kind of how I got hooked. That was uh, 14. So six going on. Yeah. So a little over six years ago now. So were you a regular participant right away? Did you go, if that was Saturday, did you go Monday or whatever? No, I was just a Saturday guy for a long time um, because it was really hard. <laughs> so, so I went the first Saturday. I was like, I don't think I could do that again. So I went back to kind of my, my, you know, during the week, you know, I did like four, three or four days where I would go to the gym and, you know, kind of do that. And so, you know, and plus I was like, oh, it's early during the, you know, and all that kind of stuff and all the different excuses that a guy would give. And then after a couple of weeks, maybe, I don't know, a month or so of, of going on Saturdays, I started, maybe I'd hit a workout during the week sometimes, but I'd still go to the gym and I liked, you know, the, what the gym, I thought the gym was all about, you know, I thought I liked that. And, uh, and probably after another month or so of doing that, I, I finally just canceled my gym membership and, you know, started going all the time. So yeah, I probably went the first, no, I, I know I went the first 10 months where uh, the, the only workout in St. Louis was a 30 minute drive. Uh, oh, wow. And so I was, I was driving that far uh, really cause I, I was getting that much out of it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. and it is amazing, you know, uh, and I've, I wouldn't have said it then, but I had definitely said it since that uh, cause guys are like, well, you know, maybe we need to do this to, you know, entice FNGs. And maybe if we had one, you know, and they'd come with all, all kinds of ideas about how to attract men. And I'm like, look, just stick to the mission. Yeah. Stick to the mission stick with the core principles. If you hammer mission enough and help a guy understand that the day will come when he will become unlocked and his mind will be opened and he will shuffle off his sad clownness. Like if, if you can help a guy catch that vision, he'll crawl over broken, broken glass for those 30 miles to get there yep. and to do it. Like it, it won't even be, a consideration, you know, of how far yeah. he has to drive. And, and we are a little spoiled on this side of the country, you know, cause yeah. I mean, I can, you know, in Charlotte, especially you can fall out of your bed past six AOs and then still get to one that's only 10 minutes from your house. Sure. I went back to my old neighborhood and it has, uh, I'm pretty sure it has three AOs. And then my church, which was just another five minutes away, the church itself is two. <laughs> and now right. I said, no, when I start, so I started, when St. Louis was just under a year, it was like just, just shy of the year anniversary. Mm. And we had one workout a day. And if we had eight guys at any one workout, we thought we were, we thought we were jamming. And now yeah. I'm pretty sure that we have eight different workouts that have at least eight different guys pretty much every day. So yeah. we've seen it. it. It took a while, but yeah, we've, yeah. yeah, we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, pretty explosive growth. So it is remarkable. Uh, how it has happened. And, and here we are now, you know, it's 2021, beginning of 2021. And we're sitting in somewhere in that neighborhood of maybe 40,000 guys that we kind of estimate uh, uh, around. And there's some reasonable, good guess math that's gone into that. Um, but uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, and, and we're looking at now, we're right at this point where I think we're going to hit the tipping point. You know, it's going to, like, it's been really fast growth, but I think we're just now hitting the sharp part of the curve. You know, and it's going to just kind of explode because we just sort of hit this critical mass, uh, if you will. So it's going to be interesting to see how the next uh, the next few years go. 
Um, and, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy and honored to, to be part of that leadership uh, to, to do that. And, you know, just to, to kind of share that story just briefly while we're, you know, as we're jumping in, you know, cause this was never something I intended to do. I didn't intend to be a leader uh, here. I mean, I owned yeah, a How did you become president? It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, it was one of these things where I, you know, have you ever seen those like shows or cartoons where like, all right, everyone who thinks they want to be president, please take one step forward. And then like the whole rest of the line just like steps back and I'm the only idiot standing there. I think that's how it happened. It was something like that, you know, where it's like, oh, he's not smart enough to know that he shouldn't do this. So, um, you know, so, uh, you know, I had, I had joined uh, in Fort Mill and was, you know, doing F3 a few days a week and, you know, whatever. And uh, I was doing that for a few years. And after a few months, actually, I guess, of being in F3, I was like, I'll be a site queue, you know, sort of, sort of jumped into that. And then I just, you know, I just sort of showed up and was like, hey, man, I'll, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. And there was a guy, and he actually now does the, you know, he does the roundtable podcast, C-SPAN. Um, and uh, C-SPAN just, I guess, saw a guy who needed some friends or saw a guy who needed leadership or whatever and um, kind of took me under his wing a little bit. And he, at the time, was serving uh, the nation. He had been the Nantan in Fort Mill. Uh, and then he was serving the nation uh, in a capacity there. And he sort of put his arm around me and said, Hey man, I need some, uh, I need you to help me with something. Okay. You know, thudder, thudder. so he throws me in the back of his, whatever it was and drives me off to the middle of nowhere um, to, you know, launch some new uh, site, some new region that was popping up. And I think it was North Augusta, uh, Georgia um, is where we were headed. Or maybe it was, it's right on the border, right? Augusta is like almost yeah. South Carolina and yep. Georgia. So I can't remember if it was on the South Carolina side or the, Anyway, it was right in that area. So we drive down there, do the thing. And I just, you know, I was super jazzed about it. And I was like, hey, when are we doing that again? And then he asked me to help him with a couple things, you know, in terms of kind of some some growth stuff and how to serve the packs. And and then he had this idea, you know, it's become somewhat commonplace now, this idea of a mustard seed, uh, you know, where a guy has F3, he lives in F3, you know, uh, a place where there is F3, then he moves to someplace where there isn't, then he launches and, you know, plants a flag there. He's like, I, I want your help to, to do, to help with those guys. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm like, well, what do we do? Like, what's the program? He's like, we don't have a program. I've just been having a conference call with these guys, you know, to try and get them together. Like, I want you to figure it out though. Okay, fine. So I start figuring it out. And, uh, I think I accidentally got, um, the attention of the nation proper, uh, because I designed a t-shirt for the mustard seeds. Uh, and everyone at the time was kind of like this mustard seed thing. I don't think it's a good idea because they were doing leap model, you know, where we would send guys downrange and that's how we grow and, or it's concentric, you know, I don't know about this whole like guy in the middle of nowhere thing. It's just not going to work. You know, we don't have the resources and I just didn't know any better. So I just started. And actually it's funny because now it's become a, a thing, uh, yeah. obviously because of the pandemic, but, uh, I started doing things like there was a guy up in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania named uptown girl. And he was like, Hey, I hear you're the guy that helps with mustard seeds. And I was like, sure. Uh, what do we do? And I was like, I don't know. So I just, on my own dime and, and time, I just flew up there. I was like, well, let's just see what's happening in Lehigh Valley. And uh, so I kind of showed up there and we worked out with those guys. I'm like, these are good guys. They get it. You know, they, they I, are understanding what F3 is about. I met my wife in the Lehigh Valley. Is that right? Yeah. We both worked oh. at a newspaper there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the Allentown Herald or something, I'm sure. Um, no, it was the Easton Express Times. The Allentown uh, Call was our competition. Nice. Okay. Um, but yeah, so went up there and met with those guys. And then I was like, these guys need to understand that they're part of more than just, you know, this thing that's happening in Jim's backyard. 
you know? And so I was like, what if, so I told him, I said, what if we like Google chat? And of course the technology just wasn't as good back then, you know, five, you know, five right. years ago, whatever this was, four years ago. And I said, what if we like, uh, you know, Google hangout you in or FaceTime you in to a workout or better, or better yet, just like maybe a, a COT, you know, so you can kind of see. So I, I would, you know, I'm going to use the term now because we use it so ubiquitously. Right. But uh, I zoomed him in, you know, FaceTimed him in at the end of the workout and introduced him to guys in Fort Mill and they saw these guys and it was kind of exciting. And we were like, Hey, this is okay. This is cool. So I started working with the mustard seeds and then uh, pretty soon uh, made this t-shirt sold like 50 t-shirts. <laughs> and it wasn't so much that people knew what mustard seeds were or anything else. Right. All I did was uh, you know, marketing, uh, to some degree, right. For a living, I put disruptor on the back, uh, a menace to the status quo. And that was the main message of the shirt, you know, cause mm -hmm. I thought, you know, mustard seeds, they're out there just driving this thing all by themselves. Like that, that takes a disruptor and yeah. people loved the shirt. So they bought all the shirt. And I think OBT was like, the heck's going on. We sold a lot of those shirts. Hey, who's this helmet guy? You know? And pretty <laughs> soon it was like, they were like, Hey, we want you to do this thing. And, uh, and it was, Hey, we want you to be the cue of grow or, uh, serve. No grow. I don't even know grow, I guess it was. You'll be the cue of grow for the nation. Okay, great. Well, what does that mean? We don't know. Okay. Well, what, what's I'm the program now? I'm starting to understand how our podcasts work a little bit now. Turns out, Ralph, this is how my life is. Uh, you know, so they're you like, thrive, well, you thrive under chaos. Just, yeah. Just bring me a pile of crap and then be like, we need something made out of this. Okay. I'll, you know, we'll figure it out. And uh, so he said, well, I said, well, what's the program now? for, you know, the queue of grow. And he was like, well, we don't really have one. And I said, wait a minute, you have a queue of grow. Yeah, sorta. Okay. But what's he doing? Nothing. Like literally nothing. Yes. Literally nothing. Okay. Well, what do you think you want the queue of grow to do? We're not really sure. We just know that, that we need somebody to help drive growth from regions. And so that's basically all we got. I was like, okay. So then I started going to other places. So I flew to Toledo and I went to Louisville and I went to Naperville and I went to all these other, you know, places that I had heard of. They're like, Oh, these seem to be up and coming regions. Let's just go talk to them. And then I started to notice that there's this sort of this cadence almost to, you know, how a, <clears throat> how a region grows. And so I started uh, putting stuff together and teaching, teaching these guys would show up and teach leadership and help them, you know, develop their shared leadership team and, and all this kind of stuff, just based on stuff that I'd heard around or that I'd read in Freedom to Lead um, or, you know, just mostly it was experience that I had, you know, being in Fort Mill. Uh, and watching under a very talented Nantan of C-SPAN and, and, uh, and the guys that he handed off to like, you know, Pusher and Cake Boss, you know, these other guys that kind of followed in behind him and just learning a lot from those guys and then learning a lot from the, the guys in, uh, in Charlotte. And then it was Grow Ruck 09 um, that we were in Toledo. And since I had been to Toledo before, I was like, Ooh, can I go? You know, <laughs> I want to go to Toledo. Uh, and so OBT was like, yeah, yeah, you know, that, I think that's a good idea. Why don't you come and, you know, you can kind of see how we do things and maybe you can help with that sometime down the road or whatever. And I was like, sounds great. And then honestly, OBT had kind of a family emergency and had to bow out last minute. And so he just kind of handed me a bunch of stuff and he was like, Hey, look, I'm so sorry. You know, he goes, you'll be fine. And then just shoved me on a plane. It was the morning of, he was like, you'll be fine. Hands me all this stuff. And he's like, dread will carry it. You'll be fine. Just go. I was like, okay. So, you know, I ended up kind of helping with uh, the Toledo Grow Ruck. And I spent the weekend with Dredd and, uh, and another guy named Gecko out of uh, Puget Sound area. And we literally, Ralph, we laughed 
so hard all weekend that my face hurt. Mm. Like literally yeah. it was like aching. I'd never laughed you know, that much uh, for that long and because dread's hilarious and we just really hit it off. And from there, that's when dread, we came back from that. Um, and I knew there was some transition then. Cause that's, you know, OBT kind of at that point said, Hey, you know what? I think we're at this point where it's probably good for me to step away anyway. Um, and, uh, and cause I've got these other things to take care of. And honestly, if we're, if we're raising new leaders, why don't we just, you know, why don't, why don't we get about that and start replacing our national leadership and just sort of all timed out like that. And so slaughter was brought on as a weasel shaker then, and, uh, to, you know, kind of replace OBT. And, uh, and then I got asked, he said, dread sort of sat down and we had lunch and he said, look, Here's what I see are the functional areas of F3. Here's where I see you fitting in. I want to do a podcast. I want to do this. I want to do that. You're going to take care of culture. Welcome to the team. And I was like, um, I, excuse me. I just wanted to not be fat. Like that's, <laughs> that's all I came for. You know, and he's like, yeah, we'll get that too. Don't worry about that. Uh, and then, you know, sort of working with culture for a while. And then when it became evident, it was time to evolve F3 again, um, you know, after a year or so. Uh, of doing that and put it in a little bit more of a formal structure so that we had some, uh, some strength to grow and, and a foundation to grow upon a little bit better. Um, I really think it was somewhat, you know, the five of us uh, that were involved in the executive leadership team at the time, it was me, Slaughter, um, uh, Crotch Rocket and AP and Dread, uh, AP, you know, being out there in, in the Pacific Northwest as well. And we all went to the, this house, Slaughter's Mountain House. And we, you know, we're hashing this all out. And I was like, man, this looks really good. You guys are just doing great. This is awesome. You know? And uh, I just sort of assumed I would just keep doing what I was doing. I was just sort of there because I was part of the team. And then pretty soon after we lay all this thing out, they were like, well, you should probably be this guy, this president guy. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm fine doing what I'm doing. I think I'm okay. Thanks. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's a really good idea. Right. You know, I'm not sure I'm material for that. And, uh, and they basically just said, we appreciate what you think um, and we're disregarding it and uh, this is what you're going to do. And, uh, and so that's kind of how it ended up. And then I, it took a, a lot of mentoring and a lot of teaching and love from dread and, and the other guys there to kind of help me, help me figure this out, how to do it. Cause I, you know, I led a company, but my company was 10 people. That's a whole lot different than thousands of volunteers. Right. You know? So I needed a lot of different understanding and skills you know, uh, to do that. And so those guys kind of mentored me through and, and here we are. That was a very long explanation, I think, but, um, but that's sort of the, 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 the bloated story of how I ended up sitting in this chair and, and figuring this out for whatever that's worth. So how much total weight have you lost? Uh, so la, 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 la. let's see. I, I think the big, the biggest spread has been roughly in the 50 pound, uh, nice range. Yeah. I was, I was about 245 or so. Um, and, uh, and now I'm, I'm tracking around 195. Yeah. So. I find it fascinating to, to meet people in F3 and hear them describe, especially when I knew them, when I meet them right away, like what you're at their first beat down. Mm -hmm. And then like, after they've gone through the, you know, you use the term unlocked, I'll use that too, which would be, you know, if we were going to rename 43 feet unlocked, wouldn't be a bad title for the conversations we've had so far. That's a very There's cool. one guy here in particular. Uh, his name's uh, Brick, and I'm, I'll say his name because I'm going to say great things about him. Mm -hmm. But you know, he we were uh, having our anniversary uh, beatdown here at the the site that uh, I helped launch, 
and so I made breakfast for everybody. Me and a couple of guys made pancakes and eggs and potatoes or whatever sitting there in the parking lot. And he walked by with his wife and met GMO, who's our Nantan, and GMO uh, EH'd him. And I've said this before, you get EH'd by uh, GMO. It's like a iron shaving being EH'd by a magnet. You're, you're going to show up. And, you know, to get EH'd in a park, and then he and I had a, me and Brick had a, a fairly long tech exchange, like within the next couple of days of, you know, here, you know, be here at this time, and it's going to be this kind of workout and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, to show up something like that, you wouldn't think a guy like that is a sad clown. I mean, because right. it, it was, you would think he's a, a real go-getter, but then he describes himself and you're like, I don't remember meeting that guy. I've never met that guy you're describing. Uh, and he, you know, and I, I could tell, you know, he was in pretty good shape when he got there and it was an iron packs workout. One of the ones where you do something, run, do something, run, do something, run, do something, run. And uh, he didn't smoke us all there. But the fact that we didn't smoke him, I thought, oh, he's going to be crushing us in about a month. And yeah. I was right. He's and he is. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It is interesting. Uh, the, the evolution, I guess, uh, of men. Uh, yeah. And to me, that's, that's, I think, what a lot of this podcast is going to be about going forward as well, yeah. is investigating a little bit deeper um, the evolution of men. Um, yep. And I love that you say that, that in fact, uh, the day may come when we, when you and I launch a, a separate podcast called unlocked. Yeah. Spoiler alert. So, yeah. So far we've had, I don't know how many, six or eight of them. And yeah. everyone has been a journey for, has been hearing men's journeys from, you know, it used to be this way. And, you know, I'm not at the top of the mountain by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Nobody's saying that, but they are farther up it. And it's, you know, the manner in which they got there. Uh, the, the men who have been on that journey with them, the struggles they've had on the way there, and the realness of the conversations has been uh, very eye-opening to me. I, I think men aren't normally like that, and I think in F3 we become more like that because it's just it's part of the culture. And so it's yeah. been very interesting uh, for me to, to sit and listen and interject and interact with these men. Yeah, it is. It's been really, really good. And, um, and that's the thing is that, you know, there's an acknowledgement and even though, <clears throat> excuse me, even though he would say himself that he's on the path as well and trying to figure it out and whatever, you know, dread, I think a lot of guys look and go, but he's dread. Yeah. And he is, you know, I mean, he is candidly. Um, but uh, he, but being able to hear from other packs that are kind of on the road, man, you know, we're all just kind of scraping this out together for me. And I don't know if you've ever taken a strengths finder. Um, you know, the, the Gallup, uh, Clifton strengths finder. Anyway, it's a, one of these many different, you know, assessments that you can take to learn, you know, your strengths and your this or that, your whatever. One of the strengths is connectedness and connectedness shows up in my, in my top five strengths. Um, and essentially what connectedness is, and is a belief that all of us, everything is connected. Uh, and that by, by having that that universal thread, if you will, that kind of goes through every person and everything. Um, that's one of the ways that we all get stronger. And so my, my belief is very much that, and I recognize now having sat in and been blessed to be in national leadership positions for F3 for a few years now, that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, and, and I don't say this, um, in a, in a negative way uh, at all about anything, but, we, I think up to now, we've learned a lot about what to do 
to get better, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've learned, you know, we need to work out. We've got to watch what we eat. We've got to keep our relationships in the right rhythm, you know, and, and we, we know a lot about what to do to get right and to, and to, and to lead right and, and to live right, you know, all those, all those things. Um, and I think that for me, the, the sustaining strength and the way that I get energized and, and as I see other men uh, across the nation, I, I think it's true of a lot of men, is the understanding that we're not alone, yeah. right? The understanding that there's a bunch of guys that are, are at a very similar place trying to work this out too, that we all, I hope, I think, at least to some degree, have and are willing to shuffle off our ego a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And, and just be real with each other. Yep. And to, to recognize that we're here to carry one another, you know, yep. and care for one another. I, I think, I think that's the next evolution of, of this podcast is helping men to feel that connection and not just yep. connected to information, but, but their true connectedness to other men. Yeah. Uh, I'm a freelance writer, as we've discussed, and I've been a freelance writer for, uh, it'll be eight years in a couple of weeks. Mm. <laughs> and the, uh, one of the most surprising things as I've uh, worked my way through this part of my career is how much I have in common with people who are also self-employed, but in entirely different industries. I had, I had no idea that was going to be true. And early on, I would have, I would have said, and I did say, why would I want to talk to that guy? Writing is so singular. It's so unique. I'm not going to have anything in common with her or him, with her, with him or her. And that has been blown out of the water so many times that it's almost embarrassing that I Mm. ever thought it. It even happened here uh, on the podcast. We were talking to, uh, as Pax will hear, uh, whenever the episode with Red Baron uh, mm. goes live, the dude's got Brigadier freaking General in his title. And yet he told us about being nervous before his VQ. It's like, dude, you yeah. were a Brigadier General. Yeah, clearly <laughs> so, not the know, first I, time he had stood up and led PT. Exactly. And so we, we also had a very interesting conversation about uh, you know, the difference between you know, sort of volunteer leadership in F3 where guys can kind of take it or leave it. You know, if they don't feel like doing yeah. 10 burpees, they can just say, I'm not doing 10 burpees as opposed yeah. to being a brigadier general, where if you say, if he says do 10 burpees, literally everybody he tells to do 10 burpees is going to do. Had to best burpees. do them. Yes. Right. So that, that was interesting, but uh, that's, you know, one of the gratifying things about F3 is, you know, connecting with men with whom you, I mean, obviously you're a man and you're at a workout, so you've got those things in common. But you're you're across some some divides, but finding that connectedness anyway. So. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's and that's uh, so that's kind of the vision. That's sort of the idea. We're going to hear from from packs. We're going to hear from um, guys outside of F three, maybe even uh, girls. I don't know, um, but uh, I will say that they are going to be very carefully selected, um, mm-hmm. and no one should feel offended because they didn't get asked for crying out loud. Uh, but they're very carefully selected for different qualities that I know them to have and, and the leaders that I think they are. And, and, um, and, and I think that that's going to be an important piece of, of how we do this. Um, yeah. I wish I could have every guy on. I mean, and I mean that very sincerely because every guy has something unique about his story and his leadership evolution and all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, I can only, you know, <laughs> we can only do so much, right? There's, yeah, there's uh, only so many people you can yeah. have. I don't know if you know this. It's still a volunteer thing, guys. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> You know, we ain't getting paid for this. So, um, you know, so we can only do so much, but, uh, but I, I'm excited about the evolution. I'm certainly excited about the ones that we recorded up to now. And I look forward to, um, to you know, getting those out there and having guys react to them and, and then continuing to evolve. 
Ralph mentioned uh, one of the ways that we're a lot alike is um, we tend to, uh, uh, and again, whether you believe in the Bible or not, there's a, the story of a guy named Peter who, you know, is out in the boat and Jesus comes walking out and says, Peter, you know, it's me. And he goes, oh my gosh, hey, can I join you out there? And uh, Jesus is like, yeah, sure, come on. And so, you know, Peter just doesn't think about it. He just jumps over the side of the boat and is like, hey, I'm going to, and then he looks around, he's like, oh, this it is very windy out here. This is very bad. What, what have I done? You know, it starts to sink. Right. And so, uh, Ralph and I tend to be a little bit of, uh, uh, I just sort of jump over the side of the boat and I'm like, I'm walking and then I'm like, Oh, Oh, it's, this is bad. There's wind out here. I should have, you know, thought this through. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of an evolution packs. Don't, uh, you know, don't, don't get upset or worried about that. Things may evolve and we'll change things as we go. But, um, for the next 43 feet, this is, this is what we're headed into. So, what do you think, Ralph? Anything else to add on that? I'm uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I've uh, really enjoyed what we've been doing so far. I'm excited. You know, there was a couple, two uh, episodes that I uh, won't say right off the bat. I'd like, to, I'd like to hear if readers agree, but two of them at least that I was uh, emotionally drained when we got done mm. with that. So some yeah. of them intellectually drained, a couple of them uh, emotionally drained. Uh, yeah. And that's because it, it, the conversations were uh, very real. So I'm excited yeah. to uh, get all of them out there. I agree. I agree. It's um, we've seen some real vulnerability uh, yeah. so far, and and then we're going to try and keep that up, man. We're going to definitely yeah. Try to keep so that up so you know, yeah. Your 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 role will be to be the uh, uh, the sort of the ringleader, and I will uh, interject and interrupt and ask hopefully uh, good and probing questions, and uh, we'll see what happens. I can't wait, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. All right, Pax. Uh, that's all we got for this intro, I think. So I, uh, I'm sure there's something brilliant we're supposed to say at the end. To uh, I know what it is. I know what, I know what the ending is going to be at least. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Why don't you tell them? Oh, no, that's your line, man. Oh, okay, good, good. Uh, it has nothing to do with my, my face for podcasting and or radio. Um, but uh, as, as I think if we had to get sort of a, a tagline for the 43 Feet reboot, um, the, the piece of advice that I got from dread as he was exiting, uh, cause I was, you know, I admittedly was nervous and I was like, I don't know, man, I, you know, I, I do okay with you here, you know, but if you go, I don't know, like what, what happens next kind of thing. And he, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to aspire. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do all these things. I'm trying to be a good leader, you know, and I, and I, I want to serve the packs. I, I believe in this so strongly and so deeply, you know, and, and I just want to go well. And he said, helmet, all you got to do, is be the leader you are. And, uh, and that, that made a big difference. So that's, that's our goal is to try and help teach the packs and say, Hey man, just be the leader you are, be who you are, be the leader you are, get out there and get after it. Hi. Hi. All right, bro. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there 43 feet at a time.